Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Anate Official Podcast. I am your interim host, Requiem, filling in for Proton Storm, who is studying basket weaving at Argosy University. To, unfortunately, this week I was not able to get anybody cool from the United Kingdom, so there's no cool accents this week. I apologize. Unless one of you guys can fake one. I no. can, but I don't think you want me to. Yeah. Uh, joining me this week, unfortunately, is Gugsy. Hello. We are also joined by Annotate uh, Chef in Chief, Ray Zeno. Hey, And of course, Editor Extraordinaire, Ray Kaze. Expect things to be cut or not. Cut or not cut. That is the essence of editing. It's so hard for me to not call you Rock. It really is. I, I don't really care at this point. All right. So let's start off with our uh, roundup of house cleaning from the blog. Everybody remember, we do actually, I have a blog. Uh, please go there and read things. We need views. We need views so bad. It's uh, Anite, uh, was it org? Is there official in there? I can't remember. Uh, it's medium.com slash official, but anite.org will redirect to that. There you go, anite.org. Just do that. I always go the simple route. So we do actually have articles to do this time. We have uh, first impression articles. Uh Umer guy or UMR guy, I can never remember how to pronounce that, uh, gave us a first impression of Taisho Atome fairy tale or what happens when you get a bride that was purchased for a gambling debt in the Taisho period. It's actually not as creepy as it sounds. It's, it's, it sounds pretty creepy. It, yeah, does. it does. It does, but they, I like that show. The execution of it is actually, it's very cute. It's very sweet. They don't sexualize the, the younger girl at all. So that okay, really but we're is. talking about his impression of it, not yours. That's true. You can read it, get his impression. <laughs> I'm giving you mine. His impression is his. Uh, our friend Alistair Hyde was um, the unfortunate guinea pig for Tesla Note, a show whose CG animation is shockingly terrible. <laughs> and our good friend Doc Kev, who couldn't join us this week, did unfortunately have to write a first impressions for Platinum Edge. I mean, Platinum End. Oh, God. Death, no, I think Death you got Note. it right the first time. It's Death Note, but less fun. I tried an episode of that. I couldn't, I couldn't get through it. It's, it's the, so the stupid. Angel, I think the angel characters are kind of interesting, but unfortunately the show is not about them. It's so uh, stupid. It, it's it's so great. bad. If I had a dollar for every show where the side characters outshone the primary cast, oh my god. And then, of course, uh, Doc Kev also, being the prolific uh, Scotsman that he is, dropped a review of the latest, you know, My Hero Academia movie, World Heroes Mission, which I'm sure is just fantastic. I'm being sarcastic in case it's not coming through clearly. <laughs> God, I don't want to, why do you people watch this still? Yeah, I mean, my I, I can't really keep up with long-running shonen. Like, at some point, I just binge the manga, and then when people talk about it, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that because I read it four years ago. Right. You manga readers. You guys are like the book readers in Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, that, I forget about that. 
<laughs> you guys haven't gotten there yet? We're usually less obnoxious about it than those guys. Usually. Yeah. Usually. I find that hard to believe. Yeah, me too, honestly. Anyway, that's what's on the website. Please go read it. Are we please, please go read it. All right, so let's get on to the news for this week. First of all, we got a new show or new season uh, announcements. We got a new season of Inspector. Hey, more adorable gremlin. I I'm not sensing down for that. It needed more. I, I'm not sensing enough enthusiasm from you guys on a new Inspector. I, I, I watched didn't, it. I didn't finish it, so yeah. Oh, I love that. Damn, I love that show. Yeah, it's great. I would, uh, give me more of that character. And then even better news, we got Tony Kawa season two. Yes. Hey, now, now this one I can be excited for. Yes. I yes, love Tony Kawa. Give me more adorable romance. I'm, I'm, I, I love Tony Kawa, but I'm definitely curious on how the anime is going to handle the fact that the series split in half. What? What do you mean? What do you mean? The split manga now? split in half. Like the, there's the serious one now, and then there's the, the, the comedy, cute romance one. Oh, is this like the serious one? Where do they actually like go into like? I mean, the the uh, anime is nowhere close to to that point yet. But but wait, are these are these crazy. the same timeline with two being yeah, told yeah, in two different yeah, things? They're, they're right. The same. That's so weird. They they like changed the name and everything for the serious one. Mm. But it's the same, yeah, like it's the same thing. Do they cross over to each other at all? I I think they just haven't made the 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 other one. I think they're just doing the serious one right now. But I I've stopped reading since they split. I was very confused by the split because well, the anime <laughs> is still it's it's mostly been doing like the cute um like household life stuff. But they definitely have been hinting that like there's there's strange stuff going on with uh her and her family and all that that is like. Barely, barely touched on in the anime, so yeah. that would be interesting. Like, if we get any of that in the second season, I don't be down. But I also be down if it's just, it's just happy couple shenanigans again. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't even care about really that. I don't, wanna, I don't. I don't want a serious Tony Cow. I want the cute, adorable romantic comedy. I'm down for both. To be yeah. honest, was wasn't that the part of the argument with uh, the Horse Girl anime? Is that there, there was creepy weird shit happening in the background or nobody wanted to see that no i don't know who you got that from <laughs> no way that you're talking you're talking about a different horse girl anime that that was oh, the one oh, 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 oh. the one where they were horse they were animal people but there was this creepy undercurrent of like you weren't allowed to say mean things to be to each other or the government would disappear you what okay i don't know yeah that there, it was in the I'm... background of it like fuck, what the fuck was that called i don't remember but yeah, I remember what you're talking about, Ray. That was a show. Yeah. Anyway, um, they also just announced season two of uh, Seiri Gensoki. So I'm looking oh, forward Spirit to that. Chronicles? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was, I'm interested to see where that goes. The show is very odd. I did not watch that show. It's an isekai, but it's kind of it's it's a weird one where like he remembers his previous life, but he he doesn't have the same personality as he did in the previous life. Right. Um. The 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 protagonist of it actually has like the memories of the current life is the, the person in control. And like the, the isekai Japanese dude is kind of in the back kibitzing. And I think at the very end of it, they finally like sort of melded together. 
and mm. are somewhere in between the two and like they're actively cooperating neither of them is you know you know possessing the the body without permission or anything it's just that they're, they're both kind of there and coexisting and the the japanese guy isn't really at the forefront very often up until the the very end of it well he's probably fine with everything that's going on i, guess, I suppose well he's passive about it yeah and like the the here and now kid needed to be in control because that was, you know, the the issues they were dealing with didn't have anything to do with, with Japan and modern times. None of that would have been helpful in any of the situations he was in. And now they're finally getting into the part where that's starting to matter. So season two is going to be where that kind of flips on its head. And it's, it's actually quite interesting because obviously I've read the novel. Um, well, I figured that that's where a season two would have to go since he met his reincarnated girlfriend at the end there. Oh. Uh, reincarnated is not the right word there, but yeah, he's he's well, reincarnated. Sakai. She got summoned. Oh, right. I forgot that that show had two different kinds. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. It's a really interesting isekai, honestly, structurally. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's got season two. We also have a, a movie coming out for Sword Art Online Progressive. If you just haven't had enough sword art online yet. I, I gotta what? say, Progressive just completely blows the normal one out of the water. It's Wasn't there so already a movie? Better. Or is this a second movie? Or is... Or my yeah, there's already a, a second movie. I'm pretty sure this... Yeah. yeah, it's the second one, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. I guess they're just gonna tell that story through movies instead of, like, doing another show. Which, I, I mean, makes sense. That's where the money is going. I don't mind it. I mean, yeah, SAO is just a fucking piggy bank for these guys so i think the movie was pretty great too so like progressive is generally considered to be better so hopefully it's good mm-hmm. i just want more gun gale online the spinoff like Too i bad. thought that show was great it's never coming back what you don't know that <laughs> sword art online and its spinoffs are just like fate in its spinoffs like it's just a, a giant money pit or money uh I, I actually don't c- cash down. It'll never I actually stop. don't recall if Gun Gale Online is in fact still running. Like the yeah. the spinoff of it, I I I know there's a manga. I'm not sure if it if it's being adapted from a light novel as well. And I don't remember if it's actually uh still going. I think what happened was that the the manga is by somebody else, like with permission. Hmm. But I'm not 100% certain of that. Because I never gave a shit about Gungale Online, so... Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I, it's a different writer, but but that's yeah, actually the, pretty common. The the season of SAO that it occurred in did pretty much nothing for me. Oh, yeah, the like, spinoff was a lot better. The spinoff's way better. Yeah, like, the character it introduced, great. I have no problem with her. But, like, that completely failed to sell me on the game. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'm those are your... Perfect. Those are your uh, next show uh, announcements. So let's get to the actual news. Guzzi, why don't you tell us about this anime industry report that came out? Yeah, so there is kind of like this reporter um, who like studies kind of the economics of the Japanese anime industry. Um, and basically his report on it um, recently got translated by someone over at uh, Anime News Network. And I just wanted to point out, like, there's a couple of things in here that... Um, I guess was pretty interesting. I thought like uh, it'd be good to talk about. Um, and basically, obviously, obviously, the big thing in 2020 it was COVID, right? So um, 
the the anime kind of market um, actually shrunk uh, last year compared to uh, twenty nineteen. But they were saying it was, it's interesting. Well, there's there's good and bad things about that because um, they actually expected that the industry to actually contract even more. So it was kind of surprised that it didn't it didn't fall as as far as it, they were kind of expecting it to. But the flip side is that most of the re- like most of the reason that the, it didn't contract as big as they expected is basically because Demon Slayer is an absolutely monstrous hit and was is carrying the industry pretty much. Uh, and so, like it, it by itself pushed the overall numbers for the entire industry up relative to what they expected. Yeah, Mugen so, Train was just earth-shattering hit. Yeah, yeah, it sold absolutely gangbusters everywhere. Yeah, I, I remember seeing it was like the number one movie in Japan for like I for almost months. I would assume. And yeah, basically that on its own accounted for a lot of like the anime revenue for last year. So. Yeah. It, it was a significant chunk. It was something like ten to twenty percent of all anime-related stuff. Yeah, it but was it, insane. It, they were expecting it to yeah drop like ten percent, but it ended up doing only like I guess three or four percent. Um, and basically, that's kind of like the Jap- the Japanese domestic market is shrinking like a, a lot, but the global market is is just increasing rapidly too so that's also the other factor and why the the revenue they have an anime revenues for 2020 didn't go down as far as they expected it to um and yeah, that was the part that was a part of the report i found the most interesting is that the expansion of revenues coming mostly for north america which might if they start relying more on north america and streaming for revenues overall that means that north american tastes might start influencing choices more Right. They they also mentioned China, and they did actually mention that they are at least people in the industry are already kind of aware of kind of that North American influence, um, and they are actively trying to like I guess spread um, I guess a little give a little more I, in Europe. Yeah, I'm gonna go Southeast into more Asia. detail on that in my story because that's that's a big part of this. Yeah. All right. So we can transition to that if you want. Sure. So. Yeah, they they definitely are looking at overseas markets. Um, specifically, Katakawa Animation, or, or rather, Katakawa Media in general, because they're they're in charge of everything from novels to manga to anime to films. They've they're covering everything. Yeah, but they're humongous. They are. They're a, a media giant. But the thing is, is that um, I, I'm going to lead with the end of this article. Overseas first is no longer just a slogan, but something we will actively be working towards. Yeah. So they are pushing overseas first, especially on the front of Isekai, where like they've got almost all their eggs in this Isekai basket. Um they are pushing it super <laughs> hard. Um what's interesting about it, first of all, they ran a seminar called Kadokawa Anime's Overseas Business Strategy, Case of Isekai and Future Prospects. Like a seminar focused on isekai stuff. Yeah, and selling, oh it, and selling it overseas, which mm-hmm. I mean, I I I know I'm tired of kind of isekais, but it's 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 and kind I, of it's kind of it's 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 oversaturated. Have, yes, 
But I, really get this. Slightly, yes. I really wish that you were the bellwether of how that was received and not what's actually going on. Because yeah. what's going on is nothing like how you're reacting to it. Um, so I'm a Spider, so what? Apparently sold fucking gangbusters as well. Like, yeah. it was one of the top five shows on Crunchyroll. Um, within six months, the earnings exceeded the minimum guarantee that Crunchyroll offers. So Kadokawa is now earning extra royalties from it. Um, it's got over 340 million views in Asia. It's in Billy Billy's top 10 Japanese anime of all time category. Billy Billy. Billy Billy is yeah. like the Chinese. Which is um, absolutely, YouTube, yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is absolutely crazy considering Spider's kind of lackluster adaptation. Well, I don't know. I yeah, liked it. I did. It's, it's amazing. Not, it's amazing. I mean, production wise, production wise. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say, yeah. considering its production issues and how bad the animation got in, in certain parts. Right. Yeah, towards the end was very bad. Like, Aoyuki hard carried that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just absolutely took the entire thing on her back and ran. Um, up here, they're they're citing another successful example as combatants will be dispatched, which is another example of a god awful show. That's yeah. somehow doing well. It got better in this back half. It eventually like redeemed an, itself. Was it an unfunny version of Konosuba? Yes, and it's it, by the it's, same author. It starts yeah. out that way. Honestly, I was very... I didn't like that show at all, the first couple of episodes. By the I, back half of it, I thought it was actually pretty good. I was reading the manga adaptation of the light novel, and I just did not care for it. I mean, it's worrying to me because... You like, also not really care about Konosuba's... Like, like manga or light novel before it came out. The like, the light I, I, novel, yes. Um, the the anime actually vastly improved on it. Yeah. So I'm wondering how much of that is like the anime just not caring. Yeah, it might have clean, might have cleaned up some parts. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, if they can make Aqua less annoying, they're they're clearly capable of producing other miracles too. Yeah. So basically, like I know that us in the in the hardcore fandom. I mean, even I, I love Isekai stories. I, I still watch almost all of them every season. Even I'm kind of worn out on them unless somebody, one of them tries a little harder. You get like a Mushoku Tensei or Faraway Paladin this season. It's good, right. but you get a lot of mediocre Isekai cheat magician kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Right. And so but what I was, what we're I was not, trying to say, we're not that, what rate, rate's right though, that we're not who they're aiming at. They're aiming at that kind of general casual audience and those people are eating up the fucking easy guy yeah yeah i I do have to wonder though is like if if a company as big as katakawa has ever gone into like a trend like this before like full-on tilt because you know people's tastes and fads like fads always blow off like you know a decade ago we were dealing with uh magical high school girls magical high school cute girls doing cute things like these things always pass by like in those are still story. going, but not nearly to the extent that Isekai yeah. has taken over. The wave so crests eventually. Yeah. So, so I'm just wondering. I mean, Katakawa is huge, so they'll be able to survive, even if yeah. Isekai burns out like a Guitar Hero or whatever. But right. But that's what I was. That's like I was gonna say earlier. Is I, I'm I'm worried a little bit because yeah, like like you said, the magical high schools was kind of all the rage for. A little bit there but we didn't actually have like kind of this industry push to it so it feels like it feels like we're in a different situation here where we're just going to get we're going to get non-stop isekais no matter what happens from now right. on 
because what what's happened here is that magical high school and cute girls during doing cute things were both natural trends that came about on their own and isekai has kind of sort of started that way but now it's actually been picked up as an artificial trend and like they're they're pushing to keep it in in the public consciousness right and they they may be trying to to keep it long after it would naturally dissipate and we'll see how effective that strategy is because it it may work it may extend the life of isekai for you know five years 10 years 20 years who the hell knows or it might crash and burn in another two yeah didn't, didn't either way call it, be fine uh, recently yeah. say, like they wanted to do like 40 anime a year yeah or they want to produce yes. a shitload of anime so yeah that's this all that combined is just not a good not good I, I think Karakawa trying to do 40 anime, I mean, it's not like they do it with one single uh, studio, but it's like, I think it's like, you know, it's always just hunting for a hit, right? Like, But at the same time, I really wish they would be, I wish they would be more value. picky about it. Yeah. yeah. The problem is that that volume, if they're going to, if they want to put out them in anime and they want to focus so much on Isekai, you, have, you end up, yeah. you start, yeah, you start scraping the bottom of the barrel and then digging beneath the barrel to look for new Isekais, which may lead to creating new, all original Isekais, which there's almost, which could work out or it could be really, really bad. But either way, they're going to start producing almost any Isekai that's got any notoriety whatsoever. Yeah, the which, reality is, it's just, there's just not 40 of any genre. Right, there's no, there are not forty good isekais out there that haven't been adapted. There just aren't. Of just like of any, of any genre, really. There, you, there's, you're not, you're not, you can't uh, just expect to be able to put forty could of probably anything, really. find them, but a lot of them have already ended and never got well, adapted. That, well, that would be good actually, because then you could actually get a complete story. Now, in its defense, isekai as a genre is very malleable because yeah. all you all you need is this guy goes from here. To this other world, and you could be anything. It, it, it's almost always Japanese Kai goes to for fantasy world, but it could be anything that involves going to another world. It could be it could be a sci-fi world, which I keep desperately wanting. Is more isekai where he gets isekai to a world more advanced than his. It could be you know, the dinosaurs rule the earth. You can yeah, do more few, with but... it. So and, wanna... and like even lately, there's there's been the whole uh, otome villainous sub isekai genre. Yeah, that's, that's like... gonna hit big pretty soon. So it's like isekais are super malleable, and honestly, at this point, isekai has very little relevance into if I will enjoy a show or not, which is something I've said fairly often recently. So it's like I don't really mind isekai itself. It's just like um, I, I think they're just trying to make isekai work without realizing why isekai works. It's it's not right. the isekai it's, part. It's, it's, the, it's the good that are doing source. it and not. You know yeah. the the content creators that are behind this push. It, it's taking um, it's a big sandbox to play in, but you have you right. can't just say people like these stories because it's an isekai. You have to say why do people like the isekai that they like? Right. And if you don't break that down, if you don't notice the character work and the story work they do in those, you're just going to end up with five thousand. You know, my grand the grandson of a sage shit or smartphone. Yeah. Oh god. Or smartphone. Oh my god. Um, wreck. I think there's one that's that's highly likely to get an anime very soon, specifically because both the light novel and the manga adaptation are officially licensed in English now. That's a good sign. Um, it's called Reborn as a Space Mercenary, I Woke Up Piloting the Strongest Starship, where Fuck a dude yes. effectively isekais into his EVE Online character. 
Because either I'm I am so down for that. That is the isekai I've been wanting to watch. One of my favorite isekais uh, um, hasn't been adapted yet, and this has been localized in the West. Uh, the magic in this other world is too far behind. It's, yes, uh, yeah, I've heard hell yes. Uh, it's it's the the main but, character wait. is a magician in our world, but his like magic powers like OP in the other world. Well, he's right. kind of just OP in general, but. It, um, the character writing really carries it, and, and it there's does. still it's stories. a really good series. Um, but we could fill an entire podcast with just you know these are the the things I want to see get an anime. We've yeah. done it before, and we'll probably do it again. Yeah, we should move on. Ray, why don't you tell us about news from Sega? Sega. Um, Sega. So, Sega so, still exists. That hurts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they hurt me when what, they just the, the Dreamcast. Uncle? They hurt me. <laughs> I believed um, in the Dreamcast. So, so the pandemic has affected a lot of things, but but Japan-wise, one of the things that's hit the hardest is uh, arcades. Um, so many well-known arcades have have been closed, including the uh, Gigo Arcade in Akihabara um, and Ikebukuro. Um, so it's like some of the biggest arcades by Sega and by others have been closing down, and arcades have just been absolutely like decimated by the pandemic so yeah. so surprising for me to see that sega is launching uh, like is opening up a new arcade like basically across the street from their previous arcade um called a uh, sega ikebukuro um and what's bizarre about this is that it's not really an arcade so there's like five floors four of which are dedicated to crane machines and then one of them has a singular game, Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme versus 2X Boost. So it's like, yes, it's an arcade. Like, like they, they basically took the parts of arcades that still made money, like Gachapons and uh, Crane Machines, and stuffed them into a building and called it an arcade. And I was like, this is not going to work. There's no right. way this is going to work. That's deeply sad. It is uh-huh. the concentrated commercial spirit of an arcade without any of the actual charm that kept bringing people back to arcades. Yeah, that's that's very disappointing. So it's it. like it, it, uh, from at the face of it, this is an exciting story about oh, Sega's doing new arcades now. We're finally getting oh, yeah. Oh no, gotta feed yeah. the money pit. Yeah, yeah. Money Monster like wants more movies. Meal of arcade. If it goes well, this might be even worse than arcade just dying. I have to but. say, as an, as an old person who grew up in the arcade culture, back when arcades were everywhere, the death of the arcade is one of the saddest things that I've seen as I've gotten to be ancient. Like they just they just don't exist anymore. Like I'm sorry, Dave and Buster doesn't count. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say Dave and Buster doesn't do it for you. No, it what doesn't. I'm, what I'm worried about is. Uh, the involvement of non-game companies in such a venture, because, like, I don't think pachinko parlors have actually taken a significant hit within the <sighs> pandemic, but I'm afraid that if this catches on, it's going to be controlled by some of the same folks well sega's half an entertainment company nowadays like like they they did that merger a few years ago so it's like right but what i'm what i'm specifically worried about is that the the yakuza are going to use this as a money laundering scheme if it catches on just like they're doing with the pachinko machines and like 
there's there's some dystopian shit involved in that that I really don't want to think about. We gotta launder the money through the crane machines. There's always money in the banana stand. Which which means next Konami is going to turn all your beloved franchises into crane machines instead of pachinko machines. Have have you seen the the online crane machine things that that the the crane machines have been trying to do? No, but that sounds like total bullshit. It sounds. It also sounds inevitable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when you think it, about it, that, that's just basically gotcha. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. What they're trying to do is physicalize gotcha. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> like, bastards. they're trying to get as close to gotcha as possible. And, yeah. It oh, wasn't no. physical gotcha. Oh, no. Ray, this is arcades as a service. Oh, God. Oh, God. This is a I, very ter- sad story to end on, uh, Ray. Thank you very much. It really I is. Apologize. Oh, my God. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> My childhood is just dissolved in front of me. This is terrible. <laughs> I, remember I I loved our bring back Dig Dug. Like I didn't grow up with them, but but there are still some around. And whenever I went to them, I always loved them. On that, I just thought let's transition. Shall yeah, we? <laughs> let's move on. Oh my god, god. I'm so sad now. <laughs> I'll play into making sure you up. Yeah, let's talk about a really cheerful anime. Let's talk about the. The world's finest assassin becomes an aristocrat in another world with his smartphone going down to Slime Town. And thankfully, the last like half of that things. isn't actually in the title. The t- oh yeah, the title's only twenty words long. It's it, it's really got restraint. But anyway, since that's one show we're all watching, how do you guys feel about uh, an assassin who's reborn as a child and inappropriately touches his large busted assistant? It, it has no right to have as good production values as it does. The, the, the light novel itself is decent. It's not amazing, but it's, there's, there's nothing really um, offensively bad about it. Yeah. Which, considering it's the same <laughs> guy really who wrote... Good. It's the same guy who yeah. wrote of Healer, right? Yeah, I, I have no idea how he managed that. Like, that, it, does he have a split personality? What, what happened here? Did, did something had, happen to him in between? Maybe he just had issues he had to get out. Because honestly, it's it's fine. Like like, like, like uh, yeah. Like Ray said, the, the production values are actually quite good. I mean, right, although the, the scenes where like his dad is posing him naked are very uncomfortable. Like I understand they're not supposed to be sexual, but they're very uncomfortable. I mean, I, in a season where we're already getting Mushoku Tensei, the, like the fact that we're getting no, it's barely a, even ping on the radar. Yeah, it's a it's a. It's honestly saying it's a watered down version of Mushoku Tensei is an insult to watered down. It's like it's such a just me, like bland, mediocre version of, of that show that's already airing this season. I don't know. It has a, that subplot about him having to assassinate the hero is actually very interesting. The problem is we haven't much gotten into that yet. Well, yeah, <laughs> and that one that one takes a long while to actually get anything out of it. Um, more importantly, what's interesting is that we're finally getting into uh, his other identity. So mm. he's like the the entire game is about to change in that show, and it is quite a bit better for it, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, we're still missing one member of the harem who's in the key image. I'm assuming that's coming up. Yep. Yes. Okay. I'm pretty really sure like anyway. The the, ca- the cast. I like the the main character a lot, and. I, I don't know. It's just a good time for me. I, I enjoyed reading it, and I enjoyed watching There's, it. So. He, it's perfectly, it's perfectly unoffensive. Little, he yeah. has a little too much um, 
smug death note everything is exactly as i planned it to yeah, him yeah yeah that is but, that is the big issue for me but like that's his worst character flaw so far and like compared to several of the other you know protagonists that are that are going on even this season let alone the last year or two yeah i'll take it i give i give this one a, a resounding meh out of 10 yeah, even even if I'm positive on it, it's like it it, it, it exists. It's okay. Yeah, it's, I it's, couldn't pitch it to anyone, but I'm enjoying it. No. Yeah, I if give I'm, it. I give it a six piece nuggets out of ten. Yeah, if, I, I guess if I'm being generous, I'll give it a fine out of ten. <laughs> I mean, there are worse ways to spend your time, especially if you're a fan of isekais in general. That yeah, is I true. Fe- I have a feeling it's going to get more interesting in the back half again once we've done and all again, the setup. It is a million times better than the same author's other work. So you, you do don't watch redo of healer. Like don't I watched, ever. I got curious. I watched the first episode. I felt dirty. It is yeah. a terrible, terrible series. I felt bad about myself for having watched that show. So I, I tried it. reading the manga after I had read some of the light novel, thinking maybe they would tone it down. Nope. 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 Anyway, moving on. So I believe our friend Ray Kazi here wants to talk about Muvlove for some god's sake for a second reason. I do really want to talk about Muvlove. Um, mainly because Muvlove. no one else will talk about Muvlove. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll talk about Muvlove. I'm watching it. It's just it's so yeah, yeah. mid. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's pretty mid so far. Um, that's, but, that's really sad, given the general excitement for the franchise in our well, server. Yeah, but um, there's... You can't, you can't that, take all that story and compress it into a 13-episode show. You just can't do it. It, it, it. It's... it's it's There's a few things. It's One, even in alternative, the first part of it is just kind of mid. So we haven't gotten to like what people would say is like the, oh my god, amazing parts. Right and 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 second is like yeah this is a, a hundred hour visual novel crammed into thirteen episodes but it's doing a good job like I'm genuinely surprised how watchable it is and like how conveyed the experiences like it, it's bizarre like so so Mel of love if if you don't know is is a visual novel series and the uh, the third entry in the trilogy, well, there's two games with the third arc. The third arc, Mobile of Alternative, is generally considered to be one of the best visual novels of all time. Like, in the English VNDB, it is number one. So, right. after after a, de- after a decade and a half, it's finally gotten an anime. A 13-episode anime, shorter than some of the side stories it's gotten, with absolutely mediocre uh, animation... And, uh, yeah, only 13 episodes. Which, it's especially bizarre that they chose to just directly jump into this one. Because, again, it's the third arc. And, like, Uh while it is far and away the best of it, it absolutely relies on having gone through the first two for completely different reasons. Like, like you you can get away without the first one. But the second one gives you expectations yeah. and the third one subverts your expectations so, i found that honestly really fascinating because like in the first episode it's like oh hey we're skipping right past that first thing and that second thing and the only reason i was able to follow it at all was because i'd heard so much about this visual novel over the last five or six years in the community yeah. so i understood that there was like a rom-com initial arc and then 
there was the arc where he wakes up in this alternate world fight in the beta, and we're already past both of those. Uh-huh. Right. But so, like, so I, I, feel, I just feel terrible. For, I feel terrible for any viewers who came into it completely blind. I did just want to wonder, uh, as an anime only, what are your, I mean, you said it's mid, but like, what are your thoughts on it? Adaptation quality and like the content wise. And can you notice the like parts that like are are supposedly different? Because it's, the anime clearly calls them out, but it's like, if you don't know the context of it, does it really impact it doesn't have that impact. Right, because right, he talks about like the thing is, I'm not completely anime only. Obviously, I've never read the visual novel, but I yeah. watched Swords of Markin and I watched the previous Move Love anime, and I've heard about this anime from basically day one when I joined Anate. Like the first like big discussion was about fucking Move Love, and I made a joke about Twizzlers, and, and Exile got mad at me. Like, it was like my <laughs> first day. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we basically we basically all have experienced above love just through sheer osmosis of talking. Right, about right, it. So I got osmosis in, so I can't come in completely blind. But as someone who doesn't know the details of the story, there are certain things that just don't hit right. Like he's he's like he he has previous uh, relationships with all these characters that they don't remember. But because I don't remember them either, it doesn't really mean anything <laughs> to me. Right. That's such a that's such a hilarious kind of of just the, a conundrum. Like, I get that he went in into this alternate universe and he fought Beta and lost. And now he's basically redoing that. But since I didn't see any of that stuff, I am in the same position as basically the other characters where we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and so they're like, oh, no, the, the guy is coming to visit early. I'm like, is that bad? Is that good? Am I supposed to know about this? Like, a little bit of catch up. Maybe some flashbacks might have helped. But I am able to follow the story. And the basic story, the, this thing with them <laughs> desperately fighting against the Beta and constantly losing, is effective it's just that you're missing a lot of details that would make it a little more poignant a little hit a little harder and also the pace of the story appears to be going five thousand miles an hour it it is going fast but it's also like i don't feel like it it, it, i feel like it's maybe it's because i already know it but but i felt like it was okay like i felt like even though it was going through scenes fast it still felt cohesive and like engaging as a story well, that's you because still, you, have, you still understand what's happening. Like, it's not that you yeah, can't follow it. I'm saying that the story would probably the... have. Well, yeah, it, it would be better if the show was two times right. as long. The thing yeah. is, is that, um, Ray, you specifically are the target audience for this show. Unlike I'm not a sure lot if of I am. I'm no, not I think you are. I really think you are. I, I really think they made think this adaptation are. for you. They specifically made this adaptation for the people that wanted alternative. And if you're not familiar with the series, you don't know that you want alternative. So it's not for you. Yeah, but it, this but, is but this everyone is... knows that the animation anime wasn't going to be good. So none of the, the the fans are actually watching it. That's why that's why on the the collab we only got a few votes just because everyone who was interested. I, they're not I still think it. that it's fan service of the type where um, it, it was specifically made for, for people who are already fans. It's not meant to draw people into the series. I feel like, I feel like part of it is, is because there was this gaping hole. They, they did all the animes for the side stories, but they never did the main series. So it's like, and when like they try to get people in, too. when Why they try th- to get people in, it's like, oh, well, we got to show you the main series, right? Um, right, but then they it, didn't fucking show you the main series. The main they just showed series. you the climax. So, yeah. so I'm kind of feeling. I, I, I really hope that Love keeps up. It's like so. Ever since it got its official localization, since the Kickstarter, um, 
Mavlov's gotten a lot more interest because it was dead from 2006 to like 2013. There was like nothing. I mean, there was a few side stories and spinoffs that got animes and stuff, but but the series wasn't really like active. In the past like five years, there's been a lot of stuff turning, and there's they're making a sequel to Alternative, and they're they're doing a lot. So I'm hoping maybe in five yeah, they- years. They can come back to it and do it properly. I, like, give they it an also just treatment. released some other new game for it via Steam that yep. just hit early. Project Mahal. It's it's the it was originally supposed to be a mobile game, but it's like the 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 beta fighting scenes that you can actually do it. That that's the pitch. Um, Wait, there's but, a but sequel for Alternative now. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, for that's the anime, I th- I'm I'm assuming. No, 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 no. For, oh, no, the, for, for the spinoff. No, for the visual novel. It's it's a sequel. Oh, really? Oh, is it? Yeah. A new oh. visual novel. A new visual novel, yeah. That's interesting. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So, so it I'm hoping... Very, they, it, can be, it can be very dangerous to revisit a property like that. Mm-hmm. So they, it, it they are... Be. They did actually fully revitalize the series. Basically, yeah. The West has revitalized the series. And yeah, go West. Woo! <laughs> also, one thing with the anime so far is, is that... Um, like emotionally, it's supposed to be a little bit of a pickup because unlimited ends a bit gut wrenching. So, yeah. so it, it, right now we're kind of on a pick me up, and it's kind of just light. It's like, oh, nice things are happening. So you're not just like devastated the whole time, right? Um, I want to point in the out, next few episodes. Will it'll pick up? I want to point out there was a full. Quote unquote full. I'm not sure how much was compressed or skipped, but it didn't manga. feel like they were missing anything. Yes, there was a manga adaptation of uh, Unlimited. I heard it was decent. It was decent. I read the whole thing, and then like I started to read Alternative, and was told, "No, no, 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 no. You have to play that, not read it. No, 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 no." I'm like, whatever. I, I heard both were decent. Um, like, look, my thing is obviously I want people to experience the best. With- I mean, the story as best as they can, because if you're going to put the time to experience it, why not? But but, but, but at the know, same time, that at the same time, if you're not willing to, it's better to experience it in an adaptation that's good than, you know, not. So right. if you want to read the anime or if you want to read the manga or watch the anime, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, I do wonder if the if by they made it too they tried to make it too accessible to new people but not accessible enough, but they didn't make it hardcore enough for the hardcore, and it ends up being for nobody. Right. Yeah. That, that would the, be my concern. They, they got caught in the trap kind of, of is, but I feel like they're doing a good enough job that it is going to be serviceable for anime only. I mean, I'm still watching. Yeah. I still think it's hilarious yeah, to, make, was... to make the girls wear those uh, outfits to, to fly the thing. That and would be always my fair part of Muvlo. There was an explanation for outfits. that in the in Unlimited. There, there, there was an explanation for that. There's always an explanation. There's always an explanation, but it's always horseshit. This one actually made sense. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I don't know. Right. So that's <laughs> not a big deal. So go if you like Mecca, especially give Muvlo a shot. I'm just like I, I wish it could have like 86 is so good. 86 is a perfect adaptation. I wish Muvlo could have gotten that tree. And 86 is also a lot shorter. It, There's it, like Muvlo, six light novels. But you know, Muvlo visual novels, is a, a visual novel, the story is so expansive because there's multiple branches. That's very difficult to adapt. Mubwov is direct. There's the, in Unlimited and Alternative, there's one round. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
you'll get the whole story. Let's move on to what is everybody's clear anime of the season and only a crazy person wouldn't like. Let's talk about the faraway paladin. Hell yeah. I'm going to quibble with best of the season. Will you? Is Gugsy going to disagree? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm really surprised a lot of people aren't hyped up for this. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Gugsy? <sighs> Gugsy. Well, alright. Well, okay, so you guys, I guess, explain to me, because I thought the first two episodes were just supremely boring. Like, I just did not care about the main character or his, like, three monster teachers. Like, I, and, like, the world was not being explained at all, and he was like, oh, we're just going to train you. And I just like, ah, to, I'm not interested at all in this. But you guys all seem to love it, and I'm willing so to did you, listen. Did you drop it after Ep 2? Yes. Oh, that's that is fun. a shame. Um, basically, Does it get better? The, Tell me yes. It. Yes, it, so, I, then I thought it started great. So. Okay, real quick. So Episode 5, the one that just aired, is effectively the end of the prologue. Yeah. Everything up to there was, was the lead-up. Um, and this then, episode, by the way, episode five was nuts. Devastating. <laughs> it's like, it, it, it's it, so crazy. It's like, such it's an like we're getting the, the climax of a series in episode five. Yeah, that, that felt like a series finale. And it was like, it was a kick to the balls with an iron boot. Yeah. And it's just the end of the prologue. Yeah. Okay. It, it's it, like, it, okay, it's slow. Let's like, give, give Gugsy it, credit. It like, the start of the slow is slow, yes. but it's, it's making you care about the characters that's what it's trying to do and it made it work for me it did not work for me clearly but i i, I guess um i mean i just want to know like it does are there more people involved just more i guess yes. i'm just sure more things happen because yes well, i mean there's more characters you can just watch the op there's more characters in the op and key arts. Know, you know there's I more know, but i just i did not give a shit about his training arc whatever oh really i thought it was great yeah it was great did even the, the, the training becomes way better past episode two. Like, yeah, because okay. like, there's queerly stuff that the, the three parents or whatever are hiding from him. And it's like trying to pick, like, it's a mystery, trying to pick the mystery out. And then when it's unveiled, it's crazy. Okay. The I... setup, the way they built the world with the gods and everything is very D&D. And I think it, it, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. The fact it, that it the gods just drop by it. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think William great. is, like, the, the main character. I, I think he's a really great main character. Like He is. Yeah. But the thing is, is that it's a slow burn specifically so that they can build up to this incredible payoff. And boy, howdy, did they nail that first payoff. Mm-hmm. They nailed it real damn well. Like, yeah, if, if, season, if episode five was episode two, it would not be as effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like I, I suppose I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more willing to to re-give it a, another chance. Go watch first five. Go go because, through five. If by end of five you're not sold anymore, then I'd say just give up. But yeah, if you're yeah, if if episode five still does nothing for you, this series is going to do nothing for you. Right. I guess like my thing was I just you guys were all gushing about it after the first two episodes and I was sitting here like uh, I don't give a Right, I, I, because we knew where it was going but it hadn't gotten there yet. Yeah. Um Okay. The, it the thing is is that the novel is also about this slow. It is very much a a, a slow-paced slow burn, but the payoff again is enormous. Okay. And honestly, okay. the thing is that I didn't know where it's going. I have never read any of it, obviously. I don't read light novels. I don't read manga. And I was still 
really, really positive on the first two episodes because they're so well written. Mm-hmm. I I basically only read up to like where the first episode like ended. So so I, I knew the main character, but I didn't. I basically I was coming in fresh. So I didn't know what was going on either, and and I was really blown away by it. And one thing that Paladin did at the end of episode five, like this sense of adventure that this show gives off, like I don't, I can't like recall the last time I felt like an adventure was as justified and as like epically feeling as this was. Yeah. Well, that part kind of reminds me of Mushoku Tensei, and honestly, it almost reminds me of Slayers, just a lot less funny. But just I was that sense say, of you can go there's, anywhere. There's very little comedy to be had. They're 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 very careful about what they make their jokes on. But that does get better once you have a primarily living cast. <laughs> yeah, once the cast is alive. I'm gonna, By the I'm way, gonna say if, this if, season's, if, we're, I know we're not going to talk about it, but Ranking of Kings also gives me a lot of that same adventure vibe. Oh, Ranking of Kings is incredible, and the only reason we're not talking about it is because we talked about it the last two episodes. Oh, God damn it! Okay. Oh, so a show I have to pick up. Yes. Yeah, oh my God, that show. Yeah, was absolutely. But um, yeah, this show is just like it, it. It's got that melancholy kind of feel to it, where it's like mm-hmm. obviously that's gonna, that's how they're setting up to give him like a slightly tragic backstory, but like oh man, that episode four was great too. Uh, also, episode it was four it, is just that like that I'm going to live this life the way I'm gonna live it kind of yeah. thing is always. It feels like, yeah, go fucking kick the one ass. thing that The one thing that throws me a little is that it is actually an isekai, and, like, it doesn't matter in the least that it's an isekai. It, yeah. It, it doesn't come up very much, no. No. It came up in, like, episode four when he was talking about, you know, doing right, like, it, But you also could have done was, that without He was suffering imposter syndrome is what was yeah. happening there. Yeah. But, like... I don't remember it coming up pretty much at all beyond that, like any more than it already has. I don't think it's ever going to be more important than that. Well, the main character is kind of an interesting midway point between like, like an assassin isekai where he remembers everything from his previous life and he's the same person. And like spirit chronicles where he doesn't have that same attachment to the memories. He's a different person. He's kind of sort of in the middle. Yeah, well, he's, he's really a about, fusion of the person who was before and the person that they raised. The thing about Will specifically is, um, I wish a lot more Isekai protagonists were like Will in that he recognizes that he was kind of a sh- a worthless shitbag and wants to not be that way this time and is actively working toward being a better person. Yeah, like Rudy, but much faster. Yeah, like like Rudy, except, um. His, uh, he wasn't offensively bad like Rudy was. He was just kind of withdrawn. By the way, if the god of, like, undeath comes down and offers me a chance to be immortal, I'm going to take it. I'm just warning all you guys. (laughs) I I, I understood why the character didn't do that, but I would have signed up. I'm like, you don't get the chance to be a death knight every day. (laughs) All right, well, anyway... Are you gonna give it another shot? You guys have give yeah, I will I will I will give it another shot. I, I, think, I yeah, haven't you, said that for many of like some of these other times that I've disagreed, but I actually will give this one a shot. I think when you get to episode end of episode five, you'll have changed your mind. If and if not, then yeah, you should just abandon it because then you're never gonna. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, uh, three out of the four of us recommend to follow Ray Paladin with an incomplete for uh, Gugsy. <laughs> okay. 
So let's talk about a show you guys are watching that those of us who don't pirate and don't have Netflix aren't watching. Let's talk about Komi-san Can't Communicate. Yeah, I guess right off the top, I think the first thing to talk to talk about uh, with Komi-san is kind of its release structure because it's one of the first ones that Netflix is doing that it's actu- actually releasing an, one episode a week. You know, how normally Netflix... Normally they hold it hostage and then yeah, fucking find it for binge at the end. But no, this time, this and also Blue Period, which is airing this season, they are actually releasing one episode a week. So I do want to say that we're not going to talk about Blue Period, but I've heard it's great. It is. It's pretty good. I really, uh, yeah, really hope that. that both Blue Period and Komi-san get an absolute shitload of views, just so that Netflix doesn't go, oh, well, these didn't do that well. We'll go back to the way we've always done it. Right. Yeah. That's, because oh, fuck really, that shit. Because Netflix jail is ridiculous. It is. And especially because it's it's when it's so much easier to like talk about a show when it's you have like episodes that you can watch weekly rather than just if you binge then everyone binges at different rates and different times and no one then knows how to discuss the show and it it kind of just it comes and then it evaporates in the ether whereas weekly obviously you kind of have the kind of this groundswell of of uh, people tuning in or catching up right so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Binging doesn't work when it comes to talking about stuff. We just had that conversation about Faraway Paladin. How would we have had that if all of us had watched two or three or five or seven or nine episodes? Yeah. Right. The other thing is that um, the Netflix jail especially is worse about it because it only takes effect in the places where Netflix has the stranglehold on it. Um, All of those episodes are still being aired in Japan weekly in most of those shows. So, like, the people that that have access to that are still getting it weekly. And so the discussions that that would be had have already been had before the people that are binging ever get a chance to. Right. But how about the show itself? What do you guys think? So the the show itself is fantastic. It's hilarious. Oh, my God. I love it so much. So... Komi-san lives and dies on its characters, and the the two main characters just have wonderful chemistry together. Um, That very first episode almost doesn't feel like it's supposed to be a comedy at times. Just, it's so poignant. The, the, The outpouring of emotions was just so powerful. Yeah, the blackboard scene is like this is legitimately incredible. I would urge amazing. So for just those of us who, who aren't caught up on this, so the show is about so, uh, a, a character who is considered to be cool and aloof, but is actually just an, unable to socialize. Yes. Okay. So, like she does, like, she's too scared to... She doesn't know how to even talk to people. Right. She, she literally just freezes up and either, like, stares unblinking or starts, like, vibrating and then just bugs out. <laughs> Yeah, and the the other the other person in in the show is is um uh, is kind of the main character guy who um like he's he's not only her. the archetypal everyman but like for starters you got to understand this is one of the uh, exemplar shows of everybody is named after their character traits. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. every name in the show is a pun on their primary character trait. And I, I, I love it. I love, I love that. It. I love when that happens. Komi san is obviously it's a play on communication, which right. she just not able to. The this the everyday dude 
is it's literally uh, named just a dude just a dude in japanese it's hilarious and um the childhood friend is literally named childhood friend and this i i don't know if it's he or she or they or it's it's unclear okay um is childhood friends with everyone in the school (laughs) it just goes on like that like all of the the characters are like this I want to point out that there's some vagary involved there where that dude is just glib enough where nobody's sure that anybody actually knew him in their childhood. But like within a few minutes, he can convince you that he was your childhood yeah. friend. Um, there's a, there's a flashback scene in one, in one of the more recent episodes of um, our, our just another guy has uh, like a middle school crush and the, the middle school crush's name is called Kawaii-san. <laughs> yeah. That's it's great. just like it's just shit like literally that, just that, named cutie. Yeah, I love love pun names. Every every single character in the show is a pun on something. It's just so funny. I've only, like, it, I haven't seen the show. Obviously, I've only seen like clips and PVs. But I thought the the animation, the character designs were fantastic. It is. Yeah, yeah. I love and, her bugged out um, like mm-hmm. eyes, big face. Yeah, the, the, the facial expressions and comedic timing are totally on point. They have nailed mm. it. Yeah, because comedy from doesn't always translate directly from manga to anime. Right, and like it's, it's easy to make comparisons sometimes even within the same season. Like, if I remember correctly, we actually had... Um, uh, what the hell was it? Um, Sakamoto, and there was another one in the same season that was actually a good adaptation. Yeah. And, like, they were both the exact same fucking concept, except one of them nailed the adaptation and the other completely lost the magic. And, thankfully, this one has captured every bit of it. And then That, that was going to be my question, cause, cause because of Netflix jail, I actually didn't know that they were airing every episode. I didn't know it was out. So I haven't yeah. been watching. Yeah, and, do, do but, yourself but a favor and definitely and definitely and start watching it. I've, but I've been following the manga basically weekly. So yep. I love Komi, and yeah, I'm current on it as well. It is fantastic, mm-hmm. and it's it really good to hear that it's getting like I saw some like yes. Twitter threads talking about like oh how this doesn't really properly convey in anime form or whatever, but it's good to hear that like no, it, it absolutely does. Like I, I had I have no experience with the or, like source material or anything, but it's 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 immediately clear that this was based on like I'm assuming it's a four coma uh, uh, kind of manga. At times, at, yeah. At times, there's there's some four coma pages, but it is primarily just a normal comedy manga. Yeah, yeah. But like, even even still, I feel like, like I noticed that, but I was still like, you know, this actually, I I actually love how it's being done here. Like, I, mm-hmm. I can still tell that it's a comedy manga, but it's like it's still it elevates some of these moments with all of the just the extra bits and and love and care that an anime can give to it. Right. It's it's obviously going the extra mile to include all the little details in the animation, but more importantly, it has managed to convey that all of these characters and interactions, it it has heart and it really managed to get that across. A, Hmm. a A lot of comedy adaptations just go for the jokes and fail to get the actual heart and the characters, you know, coming to like each other and all this stuff and this one's got it it has absolutely got it yeah the, the blackboard scene in episode one I, it's it's incredible if, it really if is that doesn't do anything for you you have no soul yeah just in in broad strokes it's basically the scene where um 
him and, and Komi-san kind of like connect and figure out like, oh, what's like, oh, right. what's Komi-san's deal and what's his deal. And, and it's right. beautiful. It is. It absolutely is. Hmm. Yeah, I may have to borrow someone's login to check that out. You know, you yep. have like literally every streaming service in existence. How do you not have Netflix? I know it's weird, right? I just because I, I went, we needed to cut one because we have too many, as you know. I've got like all of them, and I was like, "Fuck it, we're not." At the time, we were never watching anything on Netflix because I would scroll through, and there'd be all this shit I'd already seen or wasn't interested in, or it'd be from India, and I just said, "Fuck it, we're getting rid of it." And then, of course, since then, they keep dropping things I want to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, you can't, you can't get well, rid of Hulu you, because Hulu has live sports. Thank you for making that noble yeah, sacrifice for us. Thank <laughs> you. I'd have I'd, to, to get Netflix back. I would have to via arrangement with my wife. I'd have to surrender a service, and I'm kind of attached to all my other services. <laughs> Hulu, Hulu.com. I mean, Hulu Plus. <laughs> usually, if you need to negotiate with your wife, you do have to surrender something you're attached to. That is very true. But I surrendered those 15 years ago. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about, uh, let's go to, to another comedy, 86. 86. Uh, 86. Comedy. <laughs> it's not a comedy, obviously, but the, I, I'll, I'm going to say this right now. I like season two more than season one because there's, there's less hopping around in time. And I feel like, you know, season one, you, you just felt like you're watching the inevitable death of these characters. Like they're going to die. And the fact that this show this season, I feel like, is dealing with these themes a, a lot more accessible way. Mm. Yeah, I mean... We're getting I, to... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I think both seasons are so incredibly good that, like, I, I don't know if I would necessarily agree with that, but I don't have a problem with uh, you saying that this season is better. Like, I, I, don't get me wrong, I love season one. I thought season one was yeah. fantastic. I'm just, I'm connecting with the characters more in this season. Because, yeah, now they're kind of, they're kind of past that, like, oh, we're all going to die, and but, like, we all are still going to die in season two. So it's just, it's a, a bright light of sunshine in our week. Every there's single this, week. There's, this, there's one episode where they're in the new country. Obviously, we're, there's going to be spoilers here, people. Just fast forward to the next timestamp if you don't want to hear any. And they're, they're in, you know, they're in the new country and there are like, he's going to like the library or whatever. And the, the other kids are like learning to draw or whatever. And they're, they're experiencing real life. And then they say, fuck it, we need to go back to the battlefield. That, that whole episode is heavy and in, in, in emotional, you know, resonance without ever, like, without having big dramatic speeches or big dramatic moments. They're like, mm-hmm. okay, this is what normal life is like, but we are not normal. We can't have a normal life. We need to go back to what we know what to do. Yeah. Because that's who yeah. we are. The dynamic between um, the squadron and the rest of the, in the world is, is far more complex now. Because because in the first season, like like yeah, just eighty six are subhuman, and that that was basically it. But now there's layers of oh, your country has abandoned you, and and now you're outsiders in this world, and and people have expectations upon them that they that they don't want to meet, and they they haven't experienced anything other than war, and this is still going on, and they know they can't contribute, so they want to. It, it, there's a lot of dynamics now. Yeah. And, yeah. Like the first season, the racism toward the '86 from their home country is extremely overt to the point of being almost yeah. cartoonish. I call yeah. them pigs or whatever. the The racism in the new country is much more subtle and a lot different. It's more paternalistic. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you poor '86, which they hate even more. Yeah, it's it's so much more realistic in that. Like that's that's My more thing how actual season one is going on. Fucking filthy elevens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> bastards. 
my thing with season one, uh, I liked like it had Nina a lot more, right? Like so, so her character growth, her like <clears throat> coming to terms with everything, was what drew me to season one, right? That that was the what kept me on, and and now they've passed it more to the squadron and. It is like there's different things to like about different seasons, but but ultimately both the direction has just been amazing throughout. Like this adaptation is better than the original easily, and and I like it, so eighty six. Can we talk about how eighty six managed to do one of the single hardest things that there is to do when you're in an anime or any show is they have a child character who is not annoying. Yeah, yeah. Frederica is awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go that far, but she's, I, she's I love that character. I love her, her her relationship with Shin, and like her backstory with another guy who was a great soldier but went over the line. Yeah, and I think I I love that whole uh, relationship. I think it's great, and I find it, like she's managed she manages to not be annoying, which is mm-hmm. so hard for a kid character, especially because she's not like a, a cute child uh, comic relief character either. Yeah. It's a really good yeah. show. It just it's, really is. It's uh, all of the production is just so good. Sawano is on his on his A game again. Oh yeah, this is the world class music. I was just blown away by by how well done like the not the most recent episode, but the one the episode before that. Uh, just how well done like the timing, the pacing, the direction, the music, every, everything. It was just one of the best episodes of anime I've seen, and. I, I wasn't expecting that. I loved 86, but, but because of it's like more... I loved 86 because it's like a military story and like it has themes. But like this anime is just like the way it's handled its characters and everything, everything. The storytelling is just so good. And we haven't even gotten to my favorite part yet. I, I, I'm really excited. Yeah. yeah, We don't get as much Lena in season two, but season two Lena is a fucking badass. Yeah. And I think that's kind of by design because I was going to say it's starting to hint that we're actually going to get more Lena mm-hmm. content coming back because of what's going on with them as they, these particular 86 have left, but the situation yeah, the is still, still going, going on. on and it, it's attacking in all fronts. So, of course, while we're dealing with these events here, we know that there's going to be shit going on and, and it's been like leaking stuff. So it's foreshadowing and I'm so excited for that. Yeah, I'm excited for it too. I, yeah, I can't wait. So. Because they're st- they're dealing with the situation that now that the the legion are are getting so close to them that they like the people the eighty six can't be alone defend um, the white haired racist people and it's like well god I was gonna, <laughs> can't the wait Alba. to see what happens to you guys whatever they're called what's well, Alba I think it's supposed to be based on al- alabaster basically yeah oh okay okay hey, right you love eighty six too right. Never been exposed to any of the series. <laughs> How did you not like read the novels or anything? That seems it like your just, thing. It, I don't know. Somehow it just never pinged on my radar. We we did a book club of it. I'm not in your book club. <laughs> well, you Proton, could be. Before, you could be. Before we did the book club, Proton was talking up it like a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, it was a so massive fun. hit in Japan, as I understand. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, yeah, watch I, I was briefly really in your book club, and then your entire fucking book club just would not stop dissing uh, Realist Hero, and I realized this is not the place for me. So. Because Realist Hero sucked. Fuck you. <laughs> it did. It was terrible. 
<laughs> I liked Realist Hero, but I didn't read it during the book club stuff. So oh, it was awful. I mean, it wasn't um, as bad as zombie punching, but it was bad. We haven't read anything in the book club. We really should. But, uh, well, but really, right, you, you need to 86. It's so good. Well, what happened with the book club is that it came, turn to, it came to be my turn to pick the book, and then everybody just quit. Well, that doesn't <laughs> surprise me. Yeah. So anyway, moving on from 86 to Maruko-chan or Miruko-chan. Or Miruko-chan. Mar- Miruko-chan. I'm I, never going to do it right. I say that the, the book you recommended was excellent. I really enjoyed it. It, it was a great book. It was so good. The Memory Police. Read it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Miruko-chan? Mm-hmm. Right. I can't. I can't. I can't get my voice. I can't you were close enough that. that time. It was good. All right. Yeah. Uh, so girl who, sees, girl who sees ghosts but pretends they don't exist. Falcon, uh-huh. great. You, you know, the last time I was on a pod, I was like kind of unsure about the adaptation, but then I kept on watching more, and, and I'm I'm sold now. The weird fan service elements have dropped off significantly. That's what yeah. I was going to say. Is the 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 weird fan service stuff is really weird. It's really strange because it doesn't really it doesn't fit with the rest of the, what the rest of the show is trying That's to why do. I like, like when oops. when it came up at the beginning, me me and the Pisa were so confused because like in, in the manga, it's been so long since any of that has happened. It's like we we totally forgot it was even a part of the show. Let's stare Fire at the butt for like ten seconds. New game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Goblin the, the, player. Yeah, the first couple episodes were very all up in uh, characters' boobs and asses, and they're, the characters were molesting her best friend and everything, and that has not disappeared entirely, but it's, it's much less pervasive episodes four and five. Yeah. And it's we got the strange. other character in there. You're starting <laughs> to get a little, like a almost, you're, you're starting to get in some hints of an of a overarching story that's kind of slowly building. Yeah. So the it's a little less episodic. Showed... Like more of of that, like with the they went to the the shrine or whatever, and and that's basically where it starts. But so far, it's just it's such a great idea having her like see this, sh- and this because mm-hmm. the comedy the comedy and horror elements are so dissonant, but in a way that works because of the contrast. Yeah, and they 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 draw the 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 horror characters, the ghosts and, and spirits, so fucking terrifyingly. Yeah. Like I, I was afraid of that on the first episode, but then no, no, it, it's fucking terrifying. It's it's scary as shit. <laughs> but I really, really liked the episode where she found the old woman and helped her home. Yeah, that was that was strong shit. They started to develop a past because the first couple episodes are like, this is the gimmick, isn't this is the gimmick? And then this starts to actually tie that into the greater world. Mm-hmm. I love uh, and and spoiler alert, spoiler alert skip the next time stamp. I was fucking right about her dad being dead. Yes. Yeah. Called it. Called it the first time he showed up on screen. I, I like, love that the fucker's lo- dead. I see I th- dead people. My, I think my favorite bit is the one where um the the guy the like the womanizer guy with all the, the female ghosts like starts talking to her. And <laughs> yeah, that she's was like she's like desperately trying to avoid him and then eventually uh, another girl comes with like who's like it has all the guy ghosts like following her and she's and Miracle is just basically like, Oh, you two are perfect for each other. I'm gonna get away now. Uh, the one with, like, the, with the guy with the, the guy with all the dead cats around him. Yeah, that's another that, good one. I think the, the, when the things where like she has to apply these abilities to the real world in some way, that's where it gets really interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. And and like just the character interactions have gotten a lot more complex. Like like when we were dealing with, she was talking to the 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 other girl who can see things, 
Like that that whole bit was just absolutely like it was it it, it was a nice change of pace, and I think the character interactions like moving forward are are going to be like where the show differentiates itself from just the gimmick, right? Because she yeah, has to apply her ability to see plus like like you know reacting differently because of different scenarios and stuff. It's like yeah, it's like she has this ability and it's inconvenient to her, but it's like. It, it, you can't just do 13 episodes of she sees a thing and tries to ignore it. So at some point, like that ability has to, she has to find some use for it. Right. That's mm-hmm. kind of the whole point of the show is like, what is this for? Yeah. And so that, they're finally but, starting to get that. Yeah. The scene think, with mushroom girl was great, by the way, like in the locker room <laughs> or whatever, where like she can see some of them, but she can't see all of them. I thought yeah. that was great. Yeah. <laughs> she totally misinterpreted what she was saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's a well-written show and the animation's amazing. And like I said, as long as the fan service drops back down to these levels and doesn't get as ridiculous as episodes like one and two, uh, it's pretty accessible. Yeah. It was strange. It was really strange. It was like, what, it's a what weird choice. Yeah. You've already got like a, like a school comedy mixed with horror in there. You don't need it to be etchy too. Sura Crying. Sura Crying had like 19 other genres going on too. <laughs> this can't be a Sura Crying unless there's a mech and ghosts and sci-fi and isekai and at least like 17 other genres. <laughs> Miracle John can't be a Sura Crying because I understand what's happening. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> and don't don't get me wrong, I'm not shitting on a Sura Crying. I love a Sura Crying. It's a great show. It's just it's very difficult to follow sometimes. And I also feel like that show was written by like an AI. Anyway, so Miracle John, you want to talk about Banished Rate for a second? I'm good with it. Yeah, I Banished from the should. Heroes Party. Um, uh, it's not it's an isekai. Still... Very important, not an isekai. Uh, yeah, it's in a fantasy world with some very obvious uh, game mechanics integrated into the world, but there is nobody that is not native. Um. It's still kind of slow, but we're already starting to see this very sweet romance developing, and that is what I am here for. Is it between him and the blonde? Um, yes. Okay. The blonde with huge tracts of land. Y- yes. Her defining character trait. Well, her defining character mm. trait is that she's adorable. <laughs> yes. I'm being facetious, yes. Her other defining character trait is the shuttles that she's going to fucking stab you with if you keep talking about a rack. <laughs> No, but it's really what it's not the first slow isekai where like a character, you know, tries to have a, a quiet life. It's not an yeah, isekai, but it's the right? first good one. Well, I don't know. The, the pharmacy <laughs> one wasn't terrible. Uh, Which one? The, Isn't that one the pharmacy one? one? No, this one. This well, he does have a pharmacy. Apothecary, but uh, yeah, but it's not about him running the pharmacy. That's not the point of the show, right? But it's really interesting because it contrasts this sweet kind of slice of life romance between him and Rit, which is really adorable mm-hmm. with like the hero's party. Every time he cuts back to that, it's all like, Oh fuck. Things are going terribly. Yeah. Shit, shit is always getting real over there. And it's pretty clear that his sister is a borderline sociopath who is only being constrained by her brother. I'm, I'm very worried that her sister's going to show, his sister's going to show up to the town that they're in and just dirty pair the whole place. Um, so do you want spoilers or not? Because I'm obviously way ahead on the novels. I would nah, no spoilers. Okay. But this is what I'm anticipating. Um, this is what I expect. 
I think you will enjoy what's coming. Let me put it that way. Well, I mean, because eventually those two like plot lines have to collide at some point. Like, yes. the hero's party has to find him. Mm-hmm. So I, I do anticipate that. I'm hoping we get that in the season. Otherwise, it'll be a lot of buildup with no payoff. I think there will be at least part of that in this season, yes. I will say that there was one, there's one part that made me laugh really hard in the show was the sauna scene. <laughs> the three guys are trying to, like, mm-hmm. compete. They're having the endurance the contest, most. yeah. That shit made me laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, was, the, it's very cold in here is, right now. The best part is, is that, like, the entire village is laughing at them and v- making it very obvious that they're laughing at them and not with them. Now, like, anyway, it's it's not like earth shattering. Like it's not, it's not it's not eighty six or Faraway Paladin. You're like, oh wow, that was great. But it is a very pleasant, you know, twenty eight minutes. It's it's not great yet, like that. But it does definitely have its introspective moments later on. Um, there's a there's a couple of plot arcs coming up that I'm really looking forward to because they are really interesting breakdowns of some of the the game mechanic stuff that is in here. And, like, it's it's as much of a parody as you can be while being completely serious and actually taking a grounded perspective on this sort of thing. Like, while it is completely um, played straight, it is also analyzed in depth and explained why things are happening like this and, and what we can do about it when it fucks us up, which is directly taking the piss out of other shows that completely fail to do this while not having even a hint of comedy involved in the actual execution. Yeah, the the, the God's blessing system um, that they set yeah, up, the, which, they, which the, I'm assuming is what you're talking about. Yes, is, it's, to it's me, the job system, yeah. It's the most interesting part of the show in that, like, like people have, sometimes they have one that's annoying or disadvantageous. Yep. Or and, and it's like it influences who they are, but only, but it only can up to a be point. overcome. Right. But I just think that's a really interesting way to to, a, to Well, a, if you're enjoying that, you're, you're definitely going to continue enjoying the series because they do not stop uh, taking a good hard look at that. Oh, let, I was just gonna say, let me ask you both a question because I I feel like this this and the Assassin Isekai show are kind of on similar levels of quality. I, I guess my question is, which one do you prefer between the two? Or do you think they're, this one, they're different? This one, definitely. Yeah? Okay. I think this one is doing stuff just different enough to be more interesting than Assassin Isekai. Although, Assassin Isekai is probably better animated. Assassin Isekai is... Um, it's a quality adaptation of a more mediocre story. That sounds about right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah that, that's how I would say it. This one is is it's got this just enough. This one is to also a good adaptation. It's just that it's uh, it moves a lot slower. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy. I do appreciate its yeah. Its world building is really right. solid. Like it, I said, its approach to gamization in the world is just different enough to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. And when you start finding out why some of these people are doing some of these things, it becomes even more interesting. Because a lot of this is new to everybody involved in that, like, it hasn't really come up before because things have kind of, 
you know, like nobody's really questioned it up until now for a wide variety of, of overlapping reasons. And now they're kind of suddenly blowing the lid off it and it's ugly in there. Yeah, which is kind of what happened in uh, Spider, too. It's like, wait, wait, why is the system like this? Right. All right, before we move on, there is one thing we I forgot from the new segment. Uh, it's important. Uh, Deck, our friend uh, Nomadic Deck, would be mad at me if I didn't mention this, is that Spy X Family, or Spy Cross Family, depending how you look at it, uh, is getting an anime. So I'm we're, we're so totally excited. looking at a cross that, that's, right? that's going to be really yeah. good. I think you, you guys will really like it. I've never experienced. I've I've also never dipped my toes into that series either. So, but everyone who it. has, it's free. Loves it. You can get it on the 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 manga plus. Okay, I've heard I I've heard nothing <laughs> but outrageously positive things about it from everybody, yeah, including Deck. I've actually read the first like two chapters of this of Spy Family, and yeah, I can. It's it's fun. Yeah, I'm I'm very much based on all the positive feedback we've heard from. I'm very much anticipating that one. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's let's move on then. Let's move on to our topic for this uh, week. Uh, I was trying to think of a topic about anime, and I couldn't think of anything that we haven't done. So let's talk about non-anime. Let's talk about what are some of your favorite Western animations? Like, because almost everybody who loves anime tends to love Western animation as well, to at least some degree. So. You're thinking back old stuff when you were a kid, stuff more modern, whatever. What are some of your favorite Western animations? Who wants to go first? Yeah, who's going first? I mean, okay, I've got mine lined up. Okay. Are you no go, Ray, go. Okay, so I've actually got four, and I don't really need to talk about any of them at super length. Um the the one that's probably the most widespread that most of people are going to have heard of is Dexter's Laboratory. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was a big hit on Cartoon Network. Um, one of like eighteen different shows by Gindy Tartakovsky. He's a genius. Um, yep, he's a genius, and his sister's an idiot. And it's it's like Pinky of the Bra- Pinky and the Brain, if only one of them was evil. <laughs> it's such a delightful show. I wish it is. Yeah, it was yeah. great. I, I um, love Dexter's Lab, although I did. It hit a part where they changed the aesthetic of the show and the voice actor changed, and it wasn't as good after that. Oh, um, it, really? did you wow. ever watch yeah. the movie of it? Yes. It was that okay. was fantastic. I fucking loved it. Yeah, I, I just I, 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 I remember movie. distinctly Dexter's Lab changing aesthetic and voice actor for Dexter, and it just never worked quite as well for me. The movie had time travel in kind of an actually approachable manner, and like. There were four different Dexters against four different Mandarks, and it was great. <laughs> Mandark. I fucking love Mandark. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Mandark. Don't forget that Dexter's lab also included Monkey. Uh, yeah, fucking yeah. dial M for Monkey. Oh my god. Agent Honeydew. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the next one was also on Cartoon Network, but it was a lot shorter i think it wasn't as popular and i have no idea why because it was literally one of the best mecha shows that's ever existed megas xlr yeah it was pretty good it was a a parody of the genre in kind of a similar vein as g gundam except like way more irreverent it it was two teenagers who just gave absolutely zero shits about putting up with all the normal stuff I hate to be this person, but I've literally never heard of this. You never you heard of Megas XLR? Check it out. 
No, no, I've never heard. It's of it. these two guys are like hot rodders, and they find a mech and they put like flames and shit on it and have adventures. <laughs> it's not yeah. bad. There's there's this extremely put upon, completely <clears throat> done with their shit alien lady with them. <laughs> the alien lady is the best part. She is great. Um, the other two are from much further back in history. Yes, I'm, I'm um, very I'm I'm much more interested in these two. So centurions fucking um, centurions i'm pretty sure this is from like the 80s if not maybe the 70s or even 60s i don't no, remember cent- exactly. centurions is late 80s was it 80s okay um centurions is basically um what if gi joe had powered suits that beam down from a satellite yeah so these these three dudes there's there's one that's basically got car parts there's one that's got airplane parts and there's one that's got boat parts and they each have they've got this sort of default armor kind of like the uh Liger zero where it's got these hard points to attach these things to and depending on the situation they can actually swap out which <coughs> car slash plane slash boat parts they're using as the situation demands and obviously, like G.I. Joe and most of the other Western animations of the time, it was made to sell those toys. But, like, oh, it was actually yeah. pretty fucking cool. Those toys were great, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is called Visionaries, and, like, this is the one that I'm that almost nobody has heard of. I don't think I've ever introduced Visionaries to anyone. Like, I don't think I've ever brought it up to anyone and had them know what I was talking about. I know what you're talking about. Um... This one is also from way back when. I think it's also 80s, maybe early 90s. Very early 90s, um, like 1990, 1991. Yeah. So I think it was actually technically an isekai, if I'm remembering it right. But like... Yeah, these, technically. Yeah, these these dudes from a technological society, uh, I, I don't remember if like the world regresses or if they just get thrown into this other dimension, but they end up in sort of a... Uh, they basically end up in Camelot, like the the magical fantasy variety of Camelot. And Mm -hmm. like all of their tech suddenly doesn't work. And instead they end up with um, magical armor that has, each of them gets a totem animal where they basically have to to rattle off this quick poem uh, invoking the the attributes of that animal and they get to use its powers. Like one of them has... Uh, the rat as a totem and so he gets to you know he gets stealth and a little bit of speed and is tiny and hard to hard to catch hard to hit and like everyone accuses him of being a coward and he is adamant that he did not get this because of cowardice damn it what's wrong adam i'm a frog Mm -hmm. now visionaries was great visionaries knights of the magical light in the yes in it, the... it had a theme song in the era of things having their own. Oh theme god, it, god, I love eighties cartoon theme songs. Mm-hmm. And the the little like plate on their chest that had the animal in the toys was a hologram. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, was, it was actually super really cool. fucking cool. Uh, I loved Visionaries. It it doesn't it didn't have it didn't hit culturally the same way things like He Man did. It didn't stick around. Right. But it was fucking great. It was great. Um this series particularly for me happens to have personal attachment in a way because um I first saw it like I I saw it on a on the shelf of a rental place and I didn't know what the hell it was but I was going over to a new friend's house for the very first time like this particular person's house for the first time and um 
I grabbed it just for shits and giggles, effectively. And we both watched it, and we were totally enthralled by it. So, like, we hit it off big time. When I was, ha- this was a time when I was having real trouble making friends of any kind. So it, yeah, it that is the power of eighties television. Yeah, it it had a big personal impact on me. Aside from just being a fun show. So those are yeah. my four. Now those are great choices. Um, I have no idea if it's even possible to find Centurions or Visionaries. I haven't seen them on VHS or DVD or streaming anywhere in decades. But if you right. can find it somewhere, for God's sake, watch it because this. Yeah, there's just something if, un- if you, you can't replicate any from of that the era. 80s cartoon stuff, you'll like this. God, I love I love animation from that era. Mm-hmm. All right, Ray, what you got for us? Honestly, like I, I had a hard time thinking about this because basically the reason I'm into anime now is because I like having like a complete story. I was big into books, uh, but it, but like watching TV shows, it'd be like I just like when I was a kid, I'd I'd put it on because what else am I gonna do? I'm a kid. But I I don't think any of them really became my favorites. So so I don't have favorites. I just have stuff that I remember kind of fondly. Let me um, let me go then because I can I can maybe give you a few that you uh my well I have a list here. Ideas. No, I have a oh, list here. Okay. Oh, never mind then. Go, go for it. Um, so I, I first want to start out that I never liked Courage the Cowardly Dog. That show scared me as a kid. I, I couldn't oh, stand I it. I love that show. Yes. I, I know someone was going to mention it. So I figured, like, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. I don't know. I, I watch everything else on Dick and Cartoon Network. I, I just could not Courage the Cowardly Dog. It was um, definitely freaky. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that show was fucking weird. Let's like, let's just be honest. Weird, creepy shit happened in that show. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved it so much. My family actually watched that show too. We all because we all we all made jokes about the about courage. It was so fun. Get me mallet. Get my mallet. Yeah. Oh god. What else you got, Ray? Um. So it's kind of just like a lot of the stuff was kind of the typical early mid two thousand stuff, but things that stuck out uh, stuck in my mind. Obviously, Fairly Odd Parents was one of my favorites, um, just because of the sheer variety that it had, like versus other shows, and like every episode seemed to be like fresh and interesting. Um, I really liked the beginning of that show. That it, I felt like it got tedious as it went on, but the first few seasons mm-hmm. were pretty good. Um. I really liked Teen Titans um, when that was airing. Um, oh fuck, Teen Titans was great. Yeah, um, yeah. I just it was really done. Well done. The cast had great chemistry. Every episode mm-hmm. was fun and exciting. I, that I really makes liked Teen Titans. that makes sense that you like that too because it was very heavily anime inspired. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends was another one that I really enjoyed. Uh. I'm not sure if anyone here knows it because that was more late 2000s. Yeah, I mean, I've seen was, it. I, I think yeah. I'd already moved on to exclusively anime by then. Yeah. Um, Codename Kids Next Door was one of my favorites. Yeah, see, I never I, liked that one. Yeah? Couldn't get into it. I think I might have been too old. Yeah. I yeah, am basically was... a grown child. I still watch cartoons, but that one would just never click for me. I get it. But like... I, I like the like the five characters doing different things and like the versus the adults or whatever. I thought it was fun as a kid, you know. 
Uh, and then I, I guess I have one like Adult Swim show. Uh, I really liked Futurama. That like was one of the cartoons I'd like go out of my way to binge. Yeah, I loved Futurama, the original show, the the first time it it went and ended. When it came back, I didn't like it nearly as much. I didn't think I felt like they were missing something that made the first ones work. But the first series of uh, Futurama was great. The ending of Futurama, the second, I, like I didn't ever, I didn't like the second, like the version of it as much, but the ending of it was fantastic. All right, Gugsy, you want to go? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I have, I have a list. I, um, I'm not really going to go through all of them, but I guess we've mentioned a bunch of different Cartoon Network shows. Those, I, I, uh, one I had on here is Samurai Jack. Uh, oh God, yeah, fuck yes, that was a Hell great yeah. one. There's a, a bunch of Cartoon Network ones. Also, shout out to all of the, the Nickelodeon shows from the 90s. Uh, just a, a ton of them I could rattle off, like Rugrats or Hey Arnold, Doug, Rocco's Modern Life. All of those were, were dope. Um, Doug was amazing. Yep. I think I'm going to go, in, I'm going to go actually, though, I'm going to go in the Pixar direction and I'm going to shout out Coco. Um, oh, okay. If you guys, I don't think, it sounds like you, none of you guys have actually seen Coco, which I would highly, highly, highly recommend. I've never even heard of it. It's, no, uh, Coco, it's that's the one where he goes to like the Mexican afterlife, right? The day of the day. Yes. Yeah. I, I, it's not that I, had, I don't want to watch it. I just never have. Yeah. Well, I would, I would highly recommend it. It's, I feel like it's one of those, it's one of the Pixar shows that everyone who, who has seen it is, uh, it just rates it really, really highly, but there's not a lot of people have actually gone to see it. Whereas I feel like everyone has seen things like Wally or up that are, I mean, Coco is just as good, if not, well, it might be better than, than those two. Uh, so yeah, that one, Coco. Yeah, I've, I've, I've actually heard that. Like, Coco wasn't as big a hit as some of the other Pixar's, but people who, who've seen it, especially people who are Hispanic, really, really connected with it. Yeah, well, it, no surprise. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, obviously, yeah, you connect it more if it's part of your culture, but yeah, you know, I, I swear to God, I'll get to it at some point. Uh, let's see. You want to go right? Oh, you already yeah. went. You already went. So it's just me now. Okay. I mean, I have a couple that I that I thought of in the meantime, but you can go first. Well, like for me, like the the very first animation I was ever a super huge fan of was He Man. Yeah, the original He Man. Uh, there's been reboots. There was the most recent one. That one was crap. There was the one back in 2002. That one was pretty good. Uh, but the original He Man. Obviously, you watch it now, and it's like there's reused. You you see the reused animation loops. And like where they flip the fucking animation, everything's backwards and it's so corny, but I love it so much. Like it's just weird, bizarre idea, like mix of like, it's the, it's the past, but also the future. Like they're using swords and magic, but they also have laser guns and, and like, you know, flying planes and like fucking like spaceships. And it's, it's, it makes no fucking sense, but I loved it. And I, I still love it. I have a, all the series on DVD and I bought it again on Blu-ray cause I'm a sucker. Scales or memes will never not be funny to me. It's the most meme thing on earth. Yeah, like yep. I, uh, I, I uh, laugh yeah. every time. It, 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 Skeletor was great. Is. Yeah, Skeletor was so funny. And then we got like Hordak and Shira and all that stuff, and it was it was so cool. Then there was a the thing that I love that most people don't remember was the new Adventures of He Man, where he went out into space, and that was terrible, but I still loved it. <laughs> like they gave him short hair and like a laser sword and i'm like why the fuck are you doing this in retrospect you look at it you're like this is a terrible idea to sell new toys mm-hmm. i had all those toys by the way i still have d- like 50 or 60 he-man toys jeez 
I refuse to surrender them. And another big part of, of my childhood was Silverhawks, which doesn't get didn't get anywhere near the love of like Thundercats, which it was roughly based on. But I loved Silverhawks, even though the song it has a fantastic uh, theme song, but it says they're partly metal, partly real. And even as a child, that drove me nuts because metal's real. Yep. <laughs> what they mean is partly metal, partly organic, but I guess it doesn't rhyme as well. Nope. But yeah, they're cyborgs. They fly in space. They fight a guy who turns into a monster and rides a flying space squid. It is fucking great. And it's finally getting the love it deserves because it's coming back in a reboot, which I, I hope to God is good. It won't be. Don't worry. Because like it's just like He-Man got, a, got two reboots. One of them was okay. One of them was terrible. Thundercats has gotten two reboots, one of which was good and got canceled right away, and the other one was awful. Mm-hmm. So Voltron's gotten a couple of remakes. At least one of them was good. The, the most recent Voltron was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love the new pitch. And I want to talk. Well, I do want to talk about two real quick, more modern ones. Uh, I feel like I'm surprised nobody else mentioned it was Avatar: The Last Airbender, which is very heavily anime influenced, but just just fantastic. The first, the, the first half of the first season is a little rough. It's a little more episodic. As you get into the story, episodes, seasons two, three, especially four, are incredible. Some of the best storytelling I've ever seen in animation of any form. I have not seen a single minute of Avatar. I don't understand. It's so good. Like, just if you haven't seen Avatar, people, like it's out there. It's you can get it on Blu-ray and, or DVD. It's I think Nickelodeon streams it somewhere. For the love of God, watch Avatar. Yeah, I've, it's been something I've been meaning to do, and I've only gotten through the first season, and I've just been distracted by other things. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I, I binged it like I, I like a few like like a season I think uh, like years ago, but I never finished it up. So you you gotta watch it because seasons three and four, especially, are so so good, and the storytelling becomes more mature as it goes along. It becomes less a kid story. You know, because these kids are forced to grow up because of the conflict that they're engaged mm-hmm. in. Yeah. And it becomes very heavy near the end. There's just great. something about, like, long-running shows that just, like, lose Yeah. Me. It's not that but long-running, though. You're talking about, like, 50 episodes, maybe. 50, 60 episodes total? Yes. But it's just, like, yeah, I, I yeah. watch anime because it's concise. They have these, they're made for these episode lengths. And, like, that. that's a big reason why it's stuck with me. That's why I keep on watching, because each story like i feel like my time it's digestible is, yeah yeah but this is it's four seasons it has a beginning a very distinct end like there's no more and the adventures continue like this like you could do more and they did with cora which i didn't like nearly as much but like you get a full story like beginning middle end. you get the you know the denouement the ending the climax it's all in there it's fucking denouement. great denouement is that you pronounce it I I pronounce denouement it's, right. it, whatever and one of the more recent ones I just binged the other day was called Final Space. And I think it's hilarious. And no one has, uh, nobody has seen this. Like every I've time I bring it up, it. every time I bring it up, everyone says that. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's this guy, it's on HBO Max right now if you want to watch it. Yeah, that's the reason. Seasons. Well, I mean, that's not where it debuted. I think it debuted on HBO. And I think it was on Cartoon Network at one point. But it's this guy, he's, he's a prisoner on a ship. He's the only guy on there. And then he runs into a small alien that doesn't really talk English, but is adorable and is also able to like destroy planets. And it just goes from there. And it's just really, really, really fucking funny. Like the main guy is a little annoying because he's a catastrophic moron, but he like, he kind of captain to his way through it a little bit at the beginning. 
and it builds this cast out and it's like it's always funny but it's always sad too like there's always these sad parts and it doesn't shy it'll kill characters like flat out kill characters or have characters turn evil and it's david tennant isn't it voices one of the characters which and i didn't know at first that it was david tennant until i saw the credits because it doesn't sound like him at all but yeah you could you can stream that one on hbo max i recommend it please somebody else watch it so when i make references and use memes people know what i'm talking about that just cemented that nobody's going to watch it. Guaranteed. I know. Nobody cares. So, so I've, alone. I've got a few more that I remembered while we've been talking about this, if we've still got time. Probably isn't time to wrap up, though. Mm. Yeah, we're at one. We're at an, an hour 40. Maybe we should wrap it up. Just rattle them okay. off real quick. Just don't go into detail. Um, Animaniacs, obviously. Uh, oh, yeah. Two Stupid Dogs. I love Two Stupid Dogs. And Pirates of Dark Water. Uh, see, Pirates of Dark Water is one of those shows that didn't get any traction, but has a cult, right. cult but never finished. Right. I loved uh, what what existed of it. God, there's nothing wrong. I mean, there's nothing worse than a story that never completes. Right. It got canned, and I don't know why. I know. It just didn't have the ratings. It never quite caught on. It does have a very strong cult following, though. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's it for tonight. Uh, this podcast, ever unless anybody has got something else. Nope, doesn't sound like it. All right. So. so I have been your host, Requiem. I've been joined by Ray Zeno. Hey. Ray Kaze. Hey. And Gugsley. Yep. And I want to thank you all for uh, you know forming your nuanced opinion as critics and joining me on this powerful collaborative effort. Woo! Right, and we will see you next time on the Annotate Podcast. Peace Bye. out. Bye. See ya. Bye.